You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum. Hey kids, and welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast. Today we are picking for UFC Baleem, and I'm going to do it with a friend, and I'm going to get him on the Skype machine right now. All right, so I'm a little light on the knowledge for this USC Baleem card from Brazil, so I brought in a pro. I am here with Blake Stevenson of the very popular podcast, Loaded Joe's MMA. Not our first time talking, but his first time on my new podcast, MMA Fight Picks. How you doing, man? He's dancing. Dude, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to, uh, I am dancing, man. I'm glad to be on your new show, Aaron Weinbaum. Yo, I love it. I love it. <laughs> For those who don't know you, which is very few, uh, why don't you give us a little background? Mm. He's drinking a beer because, hey, listen, he's drinking, drinking a beer, a beer. right <laughs> now because he is the Loaded Joe's MMA podcast. I asked him a long time ago, does that mean you're drinking on the podcast? He said, yes. I said, you're my brother. <laughs> We've been best friends ever since. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I've been best uh, friends. Yep. mixed martial arts on and off uh, since 2009. That's when I got into it. Um, and then just kind of, I started, uh, you know, along the way, like I would talk with friends that weren't really into fights and be like, you got to do something with this. Never really know what to do. And then in 2014 in December, me and a group of my friends that I started, a um, an MMA fantasy league with, we all got together and we record episode and we were the loaded Joes and here I am now. <laughs> now you're starting you're kind of starting a mini like MMA podcast network here with with a bunch of us, you know, uh, Kyle Steele from uh, Loudmouth MMA, a few other guys. And, uh, this is cool. I, I like it. You know, we're not really competing against each other. We're all here. We all do some different stuff. We we all kind of hop on each other's podcasts. You know, you more than me. It's a cool deal. Now, have you thought of a name for the network? Is it the Money Network? <laughs> That'd be a really fucking good name, right? Thank no, you, I, yo. <laughs> <laughs> we on the we on the money team, yo. Uh, um, no, it, we, you know that's still something me and Kyle we, we always talk about and try to. Nothing's really official, but you know the concept is you're right, man. It's no competition, like, and I I I, I had the mentality, uh, not not to like throw off the podcast, but like no. I had the mentality for like two years, and then I remember sitting down. I would, I became friends with Kyle, uh, like last December, last January. Like last December in 16 and January of, of 17. And like, I was like, damn, he's really good, you know, really good uh, person. Uh, he knows a lot. You know, I could see him going far, but like, I didn't get too close. He's my competition. And like, I was having this debate with my girlfriend, and she was the Yoda of the relationship. She's like, well, it's like Grey's Anatomy. And like, I think she named like some other different show. She's like, <laughs> the Kardashians, like, they, they're on TV, right? But like, yep. none of them take away from each other. You know, you can do, you can have both on a cable network. And it still exists, and each audience is still can be different. You know what I mean? They don't have to pull one from the other. And I'm like, yep. damn, like that's because she was like, does he drink on his podcast and like talk to fighters? I was like, well, no, nah, not really. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it was kind of the revelation of of it. But um, but yeah, man, it's, that's very much the the concept that I wanted to continue. And we, you know, one year February will be one year. We got the podcast community, and and that's the goal is to bring everybody together, have everybody on everybody should have everybody like a shared audience. Because then you know if Joe Rogan can do it with Brandon Schaub oh, and yeah. Brian Callen and Joey Diaz and Ari Shafir, like if he can do it with that, why can't I do it with my friends? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. And let's not sell Kyle short because he doesn't. 
I, I had on my podcast, and he just nonchalantly mentions, oh, by the way, you know, I sell at comedy clubs uh, making fun of Nick Cage movies. So <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't really ever talk about it. But yeah, I sell out. Com- I'm like, what the what? So uh, anyway. He's so modest. He's I know. So I'm like, modest. oh, he goes, I don't even talk about it. I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa, wait. Wait, what? Okay, all right. Enough about that. <laughs> this isn't the Kyle show. I love you, Kyle. If you're listening, I love Kyle, but uh, we talk like every day, and like I don't think people get that either. Like me and you talk a lot. Yeah, we do. Me and Kyle, me and Kyle probably talk like if there's Monday through there's you know seven days in a week. We probably talk at least five five of them, and that that include a weekend day every now and then. Yeah. So we're very close, and that. But I think that's why open communication is the best way for um growth. Nope. You know, that, real quick though, before we pick fights, like. I think we've helped each other a little bit. Like, I I think I helped light a little bit of a fire under you with with the podcast. He made simple thing and everything else, and putting a little production into it. And then you've really lit the fire under me when it comes to the networking of it all. That's all. Yeah. See, like, and I don't even know sometimes like the um um the impact like even a few words that I say sometimes to people mm-hmm. or I do sometimes like what I have on people and I don't think I understand the effect people like you have on me until something's already done and I'm like damn yeah you're right like uh so you know xyz is done and like I didn't really have that idea before yeah so it's it's really interesting but like you'll never walk down these paths if you don't communicate you know, yeah. in the first place and be open about everything. It's no secrets. We are in here to grow and we are in here to be at the top. And that's why, you know, um, just like last week, you know, Lodi Joe's, I, I don't know if we were, how long we we're in there, top 100 in iTunes. But yeah, like, were. my goal is to get everybody in there. Like, why can't I be in this quote unquote elite group? Why can't I be there with my friends? That's like, right. why can't we all be together? You know what I mean? That's cool. Well, hey, Everyone wants to hear us socialize, but I think even more so, <laughs> everyone wants us to pick some fights. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. I got the I got the card pulled up uh, on my laptop. Uh, all right. Now here's the here's the deal from the last time. So uh, I made a couple of mistakes, which is rare for me, and you didn't correct me. You're like the nice guy here, but so if I <laughs> do anything wrong, please correct me. Like any mispronunciations or fight facts I get wrong, because that's why you're here, my dude. I need some professional help today. I got you, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm not gonna hold back anything, Aaron Weinbaum. We're friends now. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we weren't friends before. What the hell? All right, all right, all right, oh, all right. See, I'm gonna fuck up this very first fight we're picking here in the bantamweight division. Erie Alessandra versus Joe Sato. Coming off, of- uh, go ahead. Erie Al- Alcantara and Joe oh, Soto. God, no, it is Sato. That one I know for sure. No, it's Soto. Damn Soto. It. He he goes by Soto. Ah, oh, can we start over? No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, Yuri is coming off two losses. He's taking on Joe Soto, a former Bantamweight last-second title challenger to TJ Dillashaw. I've been a fan of this guy kind of ever since, and I'm always rooting for him, but he hasn't had the best luck. He's coming off a nasty calf slicer loss to Brett Johns. Oh, that that's just like the, just the nastiest. <laughs> I, I mean, it looks like your calf's going to pop out. It, it, your leg's going to come apart, whatever, but... Who you got in this fight? Um, I kind of, I mean, you know, I kind, I'm, I'm looking at something real quick because I had this, I had this concept in my head. Um, no, no, no. Okay, uh, then, then probably I'm gonna go with Joe Soto. Okay. Um, I was gonna go with Alcantara because for some reason in my head I thought Joe Soto had been losing by like decision or not decisions but uh, submissions, and that's yeah. usually what Alcantara does, like. 
it's gonna it's a similar fight. It's a similar thing we'll bring up with uh, uh, in Pedro Munoz on this card or some shit like that. Um, I believe he is. I believe we're picking that. Um, he's somewhere on the card, anyways. Um, but anyways, uh, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, so, so anyways, Alcantara is one of those guys that like you hurt him. He's never ever out of the fight until mm-hmm. you got to like kill him. Otherwise, he will find some sort of finish, and it's dangerous. And you can't let guys like that. You can't let guys like that um, be around. Like you can't let you. You can't let the fight over to them. You can't ever let a momentum. You can't ever let um, a situation happen that will benefit them, whether it's on the ground or standing on the feet. That's the type of fighter Yuri Alcantara is. But Yuri Alcantara is also a fighter who will take a whole bunch of damage. Mm-hmm. And Joe Soto, more or less is a guy that can be conservative, win decisions. And that Brett Johns fight, people were just sleeping on Brett Johns. Like, people just didn't know Brett Johns. And for somebody that likes to pride themselves on jiu-jitsu, like Joe Soto does, Mm -hmm. he competes in a lot of, like, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments and shit. I bet you that he was, you know, like, you pride yourself on something. You know, you're going to sleep crying a little bit, at least a couple nights out the week. So uh, I know he's going to (laughs) probably come back to this one really tough. You know, he's champion in Bellator. You know, contending for the belt, that was crazy. But um, And he, I don't think he's made the impact that he wanted to in this division. But that doesn't mean he can't be somebody like uh, Iria Alcantara. So I'm going with Joe Soto. Wow, I think he convinced me too. I I, I thought he's lost at least one or two that were real close decisions that I thought he may have won. But, yeah, I, I, I got to root for this guy. I, I thought he was really game against TJ Dillashaw coming in the last second. And, uh, you know, he ended up losing, I think, I believe it was in the fifth round. You know, TJ was just too much for him. He was just pouring it on. And I want to root for this guy. I'm going to root for this guy. I'm picking Joe Soto as well. So I, I can get down with that. Uh, all right, I'm down. Welterweight, Sergio Moraes, who hasn't lost in over five years until he ran into Kamara Usman last <laughs> September. And that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough one for anyone. He takes on two meat, Tim Means, rather who lost a split decision to Bilal Muhammad, who was also very good last November and follows my Al Iaquinta parody account. So. <laughs> Bilal's a fucking funny guy, man. I like Bilal. I've known him since he was, uh, since right, was it before? Like right before he, uh, right, or maybe right after he became the Titan FC champ, right before he went to DFC. Yep. Um, he's, he's been on Loaded Joe's, right? He's been a, he's a Loaded Joe's alum. Look that um, up, people. Yeah, man. Love the dude. But yeah, this about Tim Means, and I've met Tim Means before. Uh, I met him 2016 in June, June of 2016. Yeah, yeah, that's when it was, and uh, it was when he was on that weird, you know, when he got he had the tainted supplements, and yep. so we were. I remember talking with him. We were. At, I was at a King of the Cage event, and it was funny, man. I was sitting next to Amber Brown from Invicta, um, but I I'd interviewed her before, and I was sitting right behind. It was Derek Brunson. Holly Holm, John Jones, and I believe my memory serves me right. Uh, John Dotson was there as well. Name dropper. And it was it was crazy, man. Uh, but I remember talking with Tim Means after the fight, and you know, dude, just he's a straight shooter, man. Yeah. I, I honestly, uh oh, you're freezing. It was up a on. First, oh, there you go. Go ahead. He's just a real. Okay, you got me. Okay. I was saying, Tim Means a real straight shooter guy, and uh, his fighting style is real like his fighting style is like his personality, man. It's upfront, it's to the point, and he doesn't like to fuck around. In that last fight with Bilal Muhammad, I was going for Muhammad, but mm-hmm. Tim Means just didn't pull the trigger. But the places where he's dangerous are the places where Sergio Moraes just 
kind of prefers not to fight at. Like he doesn't prefer to fight close. Mm-hmm. He doesn't prefer to make things scrap. He doesn't prefer to be body to body to almost get into a clinch to almost go to the ground. I kind of just like, no, nah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to fight on the outside. I'm going to fight mid range. Right. And uh, I think Timmins can can uh, get away in this. I don't know if it's going to be by KO or like an actual like real decision. Yeah. Uh, and I'm because I'm sure he's angry from the Bilal performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and just I think his fighting style, if he comes like, if he comes like Tim Means is angry at something, he can come beat somebody like Sergio Moraes. Like that that can happen at this point. All right, man. I this is a tough one for me too because Means is such a likable guy, but Moraes, I mean, he's a winner. He ran into Usman, he got beat, but man, not losing over five years. I think he's going to come back. I. It's not like Tim Means got killed by Muhammad either. It was a split decision. Right. But, oh man, I, I, I'm going to have to go with Marias on this. I, I I think he gets the win. I, I hate to say it. Tim Means is like one of the most likable dudes. Like He's a very nice guy, man. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with Marias on this deal. All right, all right. All right, listen, heavyweight, Timothy Johnson, who owns the UFC's most fantastic mustache, has alternated wins and losses rather since coming to the UFC in April 2015. He's coming off a loss against Junior Albini in July, and he takes on... Okay, this guy's not even on Wikipedia, so I don't even know if you know how to I'm on Wikipedia. He don't have no Wikipedia. Marcelo (laughs) Golm, who I don't know anything about. This this is why I brought you on. Uh, What say you? I don't know shit about Marcelo Golm, man. Uh, I know shit about Timothy Johnson, though, yeah. and uh, he'll do enough to win. He'll do enough to, you know, he almost edge out that victory over um, Alexander Volkov. Yep. And uh, I, I don't know. I, like, Tim Tim Johnson, I've heard him on MMA Roast. It seems like a very nice guy, very likable person. Shout out to Adam yeah, Hunter. Right, yeah, shout out to Adam Hunter. Uh, but he does have a gentleman's mustache. Oh. And uh, as long as he didn't shave it, I think he wins this fight. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Like he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he has like heavyweight KO power. But right. like, well, he, he seems like he goes to decision more yeah. often than a lot of other heavyweights. You know, so I could see him winning that way. So you're saying you mustache him for a finish? As <laughs> <laughs> I mustache you, who's your pick? All right, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna say that uh, based on the fact he just lost, and by statistics, and he's alternated wins and losses since the UFC. It's his turn to win. So he's gonna win by statistics. Oh, all right. Going going with Tim with the win. All, all right. right. I'm with uh, it. I'm going to butcher this one, too. I can say Desmond Green, but I can't say Michelle Prezeris. Is that even close? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, yeah, Mikel Prezeris or something like that. I don't all know, right. man. I don't all know. Right. That's, he's, right. I think he's Brazilian. All right. We're professionals here. Uh, mm, he is in Brazil, so this makes sense. That, that throws another kink into it. But he's on a five-fight win streak dating back to November 2015 with his last two finishes via North South North South choke. He takes on Desmond Green, who who is on a five fit win five fight win streak of his own until being stopped by Rustam Khabibov, who is fighting by the way Raging Cage Johnson, who I know very well. Last September, oh, oh Rustam Khabibov is fighting um, oh, yeah, Raging Al. Uh, no, 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 Raging Cage, oh, Raging Cajun? Oh shit, now Raging Al no, is fighting Paul Felder. Oh, that's right. Raging yeah, Al is going to take him down to make him say escrow. <laughs> He's gonna do more than check his credit that night, if you Listen, know what I mean. All um, Regional does is spinning heels and making deals. 
<laughs> I love it, man. You need yes. to put that on the sign and start twisting it. You know what I'm saying? Twisting it in front oh, of the corner. A, it's and... on there. It's up. <laughs> I'll be there. Uh, so this fight, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a homer on this one because Desmond yeah. Green, I had him on the pod. He's been on the podcast. Oh, no, like, you got to go with that. Man. I always got to go with that. I've, I've had him on the podcast since he was still in Titan. Um, I've been a fan of his since before he was on the podcast. Like I'm a big homer when it comes to Desmond Green, mm-hmm. and I I had him over you know Josh Emmett when he went in well last last year when they uh, he made his debut in Buffalo, and so I, I'm a huge Desmond Green homer, and and he's scrappy enough, and he he uses his wrestling like he's working on his boxing with Henry Hoof and his striking with Henry Hoof, but he's still a wrestler through and through. And if he gets you against the cage, he can make he can make this whole fight like technical, right? Yeah. Like he can make the whole fight a, a real grindy fight. And if he if he wants to get the win, if he doesn't feel he's comfortable on the feet, and he probably should, just because they're in Brazil. Like I always talk to fighters when they're in Brazil. Yeah. Like it's always weird. They never can find like the shit they need to cut weight. No. It's always you got to go to the store, make sure you get exchange money. You know, make like, sure you don't get poisoned. So, yeah, yeah, you got you know what I'm saying you got to watch what you're eating everywhere. You don't know who's trying to get you. And this whole like, I'm noticing this whole main card. Probably somebody's pointed this out, but it's uh, it is some somebody that's like representing America or American right. versus Brazil, right? Uh, the whole the whole main card. I didn't even realize that because I guess we'll count we'll count Valentina as American. She's about yeah. as American like she's Russian American, right? We'll count her. Yo, um, and she can dance. <laughs> And she can dance. She got a big old booty, so we'll count her as American. <laughs> Not as big. Uh, she's but, at 125. Me, we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, Desmond Green, though, give me Desmond Green by decision, though, and it might even be really close, but Desmond Green by decision. <laughs> yeah, I got Brazilian. He's he's Brazilian. He hasn't lost since 2015. I I, I got to go with him. I mean, how do you get two finishes in a row via North South choke? You got really good jujitsu. I mean, yeah. that's that's how you do it. You you do you'd have really good jujitsu for a Brazilian. So that's how he'll get two and horse out jokes. So it, maybe Desmond doesn't take it to the ground. And if he does, he doesn't get in those positions where uh, Priseris can reverse and get some north south jokes or even do it from the bottom. I, I didn't, I've never watched Priseris' fights. But those are two ways you can do it if you get into those scramble situations. So maybe Desmond wants to control Priseris' hips a lot yeah. um, and not let those scrambles happen, not let escapes happen. Uh, just control, control, control from the top and watch the hips, man, or else. He can be the third one fucking get a yeah. north-south choke. Crazy. That would be crazy. I, that would probably be statistically the first time it's ever happened in Miss Martial Arts <laughs> where someone has won that three in a row. Right, we there's, got, somebody, there's some Russian somewhere that got that beat, I'm sure. All right. Speaking of Valentina, Shalshenko, who owns wins against Holly Holm, Julianne Pena. She's making the move down to 125 from 135. Takes on Priscilla Help me here. Help me with this. Do you know her? She's not in Wikipedia either. This is killing me. No, she's not. Priscilla uh, Cochera. Yeah, yeah. Cochera. Cochera. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this. This is a, apparently. This is. A, I've never seen this girl fight, but from everything like that, I that I'm hearing and that I'm reading, like she's yeah. kind of style made for Shevchenko to get a yeah. win, and then be like. Okay, I got the title shot next, right? Pretty like, much. That's what this whole division should be. It should be the Shevchenko division. You know, like, if Shevchenko can out-hustle somebody like Holly Holm, if she can submit somebody like Juliana Pena, mm-hmm. uh, surprise you know, surprise her off her back, Yeah. if she can counter, you know, like, again, bring back Holly Holm, she can counter somebody like Holly Holm off her back, you know, and really kind of stun her with, with hooks going mm-hmm. backward. I mean, yeah, this, this, this opponent, you know, will probably... 
fall into those same traps. Valentina Savchenko probably by any way she, she wants to in this. Yeah. Probably KO, though. That's what I'm thinking. I think Priscilla's fighting for a Twitter check mark at this point. She's, <laughs> you know, I've never heard of her before. We now. know I can fight for those. You <laughs> anytime scrap scrap down Blake for the uh, for the Twitter check mark. I think uh, I think Valentina same way. You know I think they're feeding her to her. They they need some they need some action in the 125 pound division besides just uh, Rose and Joanna. So yep yep. All right, uh, main or code main event rather. John Dotson. He's alternated wins and losses since returning to bantamweight in April 2016. He's challenged Demetrius Johnson for the flyweight belt twice. Uh, he takes on Pedro Munoz, who's on a four-fight win streak. His last victory being a guillotine choke over Rob Font, who is very tough. Had a great win last week. Man, it seems like it's sink or swim time for Dotson. Who you got? Um, I'm going for Dotson. Mm-hmm. But but because here's the reason, man. Like those those don't let those Pedro Munoz wins fool you. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of those wins, he's getting beat up the whole time. Like, and it's, it's not good. Like he's losing the round decisively. So that Rob Font one, he's getting beat up on the feet. And I think it was Rob Font was going in. He was going in for a takedown. They scrambled to get back up. And I think as they were scrambling, Munoz got the, uh, I think it was like a guillotine. If I, I could name it off the top of my head or some shit, like, yeah, Rob he, Font got I, guillotine. I, yeah, it was a guillotine. So yep. like, he popped it out of nowhere, right? He popped it like people were like, what the, "What the?" And it was actually, it was in Brazil. It was on the Derek Brunson card when Derek Brunson knocked out Leota Machida. How do I remember that? Because I did some sort of breakdown for Kyle and I had to talk yeah. about the Pedro Munoz and Rob Font fight. Um, but Pedro Munoz is one of those guys who can pull out wins out, out of his ass. He's like Ariel Cantara. Yeah. However, I don't think this fight he's going to be able to do that with Dotson because Dotson doesn't go in. Like it's not to say he doesn't have takedown game, no. but his game is against the cage in the clinch, and he tries to you know com- combo his way in so that way he can land his heavy left. Like that's what he wants to do. He wants to knock you out. He doesn't just want to knock you down, and he doesn't want to follow you to the ground if he can help it. Okay. So if he if he can go back to his roots and just use speed like if he can go back to finding Dotson, who was Dotson when Dotson got into UFC, he yeah. was like who knocked out shit. TJ. Right, right. You're like, holy shit, this guy's got power. You're right. Like, if he can go back to finding that Dodson, because I think he's kind of lost his way a little bit, like well, trying to figure out I don't who say he, he is going back to 135. He runs away. I, I don't want to say he runs away, but he really keeps his distance. He tries not to get in any danger. Now, I'm looking at Pedro right now. His last uh, four wins, three of them were by guillotine choke. Yeah, he's got that. So he's got that in the bag. And I was talking about this with Kyle. Like, he was like, well, he wasn't, you know, Rob Font wasn't any any danger. And I'm like, well, no, that's your mistake for think that's you and Rob Font's mistake for thinking he's not in any danger. Like, if you get in any position that's three moves away from a guillotine, Pedro Munis has done that so many mm-hmm. times in the gym. He's practiced that he has practiced that one finishing move, and he's practiced a thousand setups to get to that one finishing move. He's he's traveled a thousand different paths so that they all lead, you know, all paths lead to Rome. So yeah. like if you get within three steps of getting into that position that he needs you to, so he can get his, his uh, arm around your neck, partner, you're done. And I just don't think though that that Dodson gets into those positions enough. I don't think. Or he will. I think he'll be, and I think he'll be aware enough to not, you know, to not. 
if you're if you're gonna scramble, you know where to move your head. So if you're gonna go in for a takedown, go all the way fucking in. You know, don't put your head to this side where he can get you. The you know the arm that he normally uses. Like, there's a lot of little things. You just don't make that mistake. Right. And and if if he fights like he fights normally, whatever. But I think it, whatever way he chooses to fight, it's either not gonna be pretty and he'll get the decision win. Or it's going to be Dotson returning to old form because Pedro Munoz is so susceptible to getting lit up on the feet. Yeah, so Pedro Munoz has 15 wins, six of those by guillotine. I I think Dotson's going to outpoint him. I don't think it's going to be anything spectacular. I think he's just going to try to stay out of danger. All right. The, go ahead. That like normal. It's like his normal recent fights, man. Yeah, I mean, they're not real exciting. It's not... I don't know. I think I think honestly, DJ took something out of him. Took took a part of his soul. He did. We'll move on. We'll (laughs) move on. Uh, DJ's a stud. He's underrated, man. Uh, All right, the main event of the evening: Leota Machida, who hasn't been on the right side of a fight since beating CB CB Dalloway back in December 2014. Of course, he did take a little time off thanks to Usada taking on Eric Anders, a former Alabama Crimson Tide football player. You're not an Alabama fan, are you? I don't watch football. Oh, all right, all right. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, he has not been defeated yet in his mixed martial arts career. Who you got in this one? I got Leota Machida. You do? Wow. Yeah, like, and so I broke down this fight. Like, I originally, like, I, I remember, you know, seeing people make their picks as early as of last week, and, and yeah. I saw a lot of people picking Anders by. You know, he's going to crumple Machida and he's going to, I'm like, but so I go look back. I went back to go look at Eric Anders last two fights in UFC. And I know that the, the third fight, like his, not his last two fights in UFC, but the one he got to go into UFC in LFA yeah. was against a buddy of mine named, named Brendan Allen. Um, and Brendan Allen went to decision with him. Brendan Allen's a tough fucking kid. Uh, I love Brendan Allen, have him on the podcast, whatever. So I'm a little bit familiar with, with Anders. So when Anders went in, I, I, I didn't like, it's, this was a really weird fight because I didn't know much about him and I, I didn't remember any of his performances, but I knew he was yeah. in the UFC. And so automatically in my head, I knew he played football. So in my head, I, I knew he was athletic. He had power. And, you know, he would just try to press forward. Like he tried to use the athleticism, his reflexes and his speed to amplify his power. And that's kind of what I saw. He fought Southpaw and typically if, if you're a right-handed person and you fight Southpaw, it's because you want to try to land you you want to try to work on the power on your on your backhand because it's not normally there. Mm-hmm. All your power is on your lead hand, so because you feel comfortable leading leading with all your power, kind of very Jikundo style. And a, a lot of people who um, switch like who don't have backgrounds in martial arts sometimes they'll become southpaws like just like because of that. Like they they want to work on this, but they know they're good with this. And and, and I don't know Eric Andrews' situation, but it he right. kind of fights like that, and uh, because. When I saw his fight with Marcus Perez, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything to run home and tell mom about. Like <laughs> it was literally, Eric Anders couldn't finish the fight, right. and Marcus Perez was too tired to stand on his feet. And like, th- there was a lot of times Eric Anders wouldn't even get takedowns. Like he would just kind of fall on top of Marcus Perez. Marcus Perez would be just too tired to be like, yeah. "All right, get on top of me." And uh, Eric Anders would he, he hesitates. He he doesn't go out like he won't pass a guard like i don't know what his jujitsu game is like he wasn't passing right. guard he was content to be in, in certain positions for way too long um and he was looking to land like you could tell what he wanted to do on the feet he was looking to land the left there was no there was no diversity in his attack 
But obviously, whatever he has, when you're going against somebody like um, who's that mother motherfucking Brazilian that he finished? Rafael um, Natal. Was that Rafael Natal? Rafael Natal. So when you go in with somebody like that, that's a vet, and you finish him. There's a couple of things that could happen, and and I didn't know what the situation was, but I remember watching it, and I'm like, Rafael's fighting like he's never, he's not used to this kid, and right. I, so I'm like, so in mind, either he he just didn't take this kid seriously, or he wasn't prepared, and if he wasn't prepared, this kid might have come in short notice. So then I go to Wikipedia and I find out Eric Anders came in short notice, and I'm like, there you go, man, like Rafael Natal is fighting exactly like somebody that wasn't prepared because they don't know what the fuck to expect right. because uh, it's short fucking notice. Also, having to tell is not the you know brightest light bulb in the box, but he's a fucking vet. Like you know, you beat you get a win yeah, over right, him. Right, right. It's 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 okay. It's good. But when Eric Anders got the win on on there, like he wasn't cutting off the cage. Like he there's he was relying purely on reflexes and athleticism to try and get him through the win. And and and, and I say that because there's defense. There's times where he's against the cage or when he needs to use a defensive move. Like he's on the ground. Like uh, there was a point, Marcus Perez had him on the ground, and he was on top. And they tried to he tried to scramble up and basically power out of submissions. Like there was a point where Marcus Perez had him in a guillotine. He just tried to like <laughs> yank his head up, and y- like there's no technique. It's like all power. You know what I'm saying? In this fight, if he it, the interesting thing is, Milona Machida did just lose to a southpaw. Yeah. In and Derek Brunson. This is this. I think this kid's almost like Derek Brunson. In that sense of you know, not just because he's black, but in the sense that he's athletic, <laughs> right? He's, he's he's athletic and he's got a heavy left, right. um, but he's less experienced than than Derek Brunson. As inexperienced as Derek Brunson still fights, Derek Brunson still has some experience. You gotta you gotta have experience if you're going in there and and taking on you know Sam Alvey, you know right. Ed Hurm. Like if you're knocking out people, you still gotta have some experience in your bones. Right. I don't think I don't think Derek, um, Eric Anders is at that is at that level, and I honestly think like Leota Machido is going to KO this guy. It's going to be boring up until the time he KOs him. It's it's kind. Of, I mean that's the way Leota fights, but it's going to be an old school performance. Like I went back to today go to watch uh, when he fought Terry Sokaju, like in like his second UFC fight, and I went back to go watch when he won the light heavyweight belt. Yeah. And those fights were really fucking boring up until the time like they rushed him. Yep. When you try to clear the distance in an inexperienced way, that was Rashad, you're gonna get, right? You're gonna get fucking knocked down by Leota's left. Like that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And I think that's what's gonna happen in this fight. I don't think Eric Andrews is gonna mean to. I don't think he thinks there's anything wrong with the style. And I don't know how much time he's had to develop his style since the last time he's fought. Right. You know, like that's that's my whole thing. I think inexperience is gonna show, and I think Leota Machida is gonna get a win. Wow, look at you with the breakdown. And and for the record, he took the belt from Rashad. Is that correct? That's right, man. I was a fucking surprise. I was. Like, I, 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 I was. I was a, forget I was, that. I had just become a Rashad fan, and then Rashad loses. <laughs> oh, I know. He beat like he beat Forrest. You know, he and, beat Chuck. Chuck was the big win, and then yeah. it, he got to Forrest, and he knocked him out. And you're like, holy shit! Like this kid is fucking. He's he's undefeated. He was like, uh, I think he was four, fourteen and one or yeah. some shit like that. He won the ultimate one. fired as a heavyweight. Yeah, oh, 15 0 and 1. He had a draw with uh, with Tito Ortiz. But yeah, he had fought as a heavyweight, went down to light heavyweight, was yeah. killing it. And him and Leoto, it was like undefeated records. Like somebody's O got to go. Who grabbed the fence in that fight, that Tito Rashad fence? Uh, or fight, rather. I think it was Tito actually grabbed the fence, and I think he. Rashad, Rashad did. That's Rashad why grabbed he, uh, the fence. Okay. That's why he so lost he the point. Yeah. He won. 
fuck to you, right? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my Dana account coming out. All right. So I'm going to have to disagree. I, I, you know, like you said, Brunson, he clearly doesn't have the tightest boxing in the middleweight division for sure. But Lyoto, unfortunately, has shown lately if he gets touched, he goes out. And uh, I think he's taken a lot of damage throughout the years. He's just, he's a hell of a fighter. I, I like him. I kind of rooting for him in the end. But, you know, here's the deal. I think Eric Anders is going to beat him. But I don't think Eric Anders is that great, you know, because he really hasn't beaten anyone. He'll beat, he'll beat Lyoto. He'll get a good fight after that. And he'll probably get beat. That That's my prediction. Yeah, he's not that good, man. Like he at least right now, like they're not they're not doing him any favors if he no. loses to Leota Machida. Like they're not doing you any favors at all. Like you lost to an old guy, you know, at this point. Like that's what it looks like on yeah. the on the record. Yeah. And like I get what you're saying, like Brunson, you know, it, it, with Yoda's chin, like whatever, whatever I don't think that's the case though. Like I honestly think like if Derek Brunson touches you the way he touches yeah. anybody that he KOs, like you're done for. Like, yeah. the only reason that he loses fights is because he's not able to touch opponents. Like, even Robert Whitaker, he got the touch of death and he yeah. wobbly lay when giraffe legs. You know what I mean? Yep. I don't think it's a point of Leo. Like, I think this whole thing of Leo's chin is played up. And also, the the punches that, that take out Leoto, like, the, it was. I went back and I watched that fight and I pointed something out, like, right after. I was like, why the fuck does this look so familiar? Why the fuck is it. <laughs> The Brunson KO look familiar. And it's because when he fought Shogun, Shogun actually threw a right hook to the same point of the skull on the opposite side of the head. Yeah. He threw he threw it and landed it here. Derek Brunson threw it and landed it here. All right. He's pointing so, to the skull, people. It, well, <laughs> to to the same point on each side of the skull, which means the defense, the hands up. Yeah. The hands up aren't there. However, Eric Anders don't throw hooks. Eric Anders throws like he he gets all of his TKOs by like straight left punches. The one he he knocked out Hafi Natal with was because Hafi Natal was like kind of exhausted against the cage and stood there yeah. and thought he could either take the punches or try to move out of the way of Eric Anders and Eric Anders landed a 1-2 and knocked his ass out. Like that's that's what happened. I don't I, I just don't think that that Eric Anders has the 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 variance tools or the the in-ring know-how at this point to be able to beat Leoto. Could he if they were if Eric Anders was 15 and 1 at this point if they gave him some other fights could he beat Leoto? I would I would have to look I'd have more footage I have more sample size to look at and say yeah he probably could. But at this point I don't I don't I, there's nothing that's showing me that he can beat him. Like he's he's a like I'm saying, like he's like Derek Brunson, but just like a junior level Derek Brunson. Right, and Leota was beating Derek Brunson. We're gonna find out Saturday night, one way or the other. And uh, <laughs> now, real quick before we get off here, uh, no explanation. I just want to know DC or Stepe. Stepe. Stepe for me too. He's the greatest. All right. Uh, before we get off here, man, where can we find you? Where can we hear you? <laughs> you can hear all my shit talking. Yeah, on a, the Loaded Joe's MMA podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, oh. Google Play, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast app. Don't let me tell you how to live your life. Yeah. Uh, also, go follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I try to tweet out the episodes. I try to tweet out some funny shit. So, um, if you like this and you want to f- hear more, go ahead and follow me there. Awesome, brother. Hey, great talking to you. We'll do it again. <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right, buddy. Take care. You too. Peace.
Peace. Awesome. That was Blake Stevenson from the Loaded Joe's MMA podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, let me know. We'll pick some fights. We'll have some fun. And until next time, shalom. Please remember to support the podcast by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com.